Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. All right. So we're going to switch it up a little bit on this podcast. Usually Greg leads off. He'll be here and participating. But because of the relationship that I have with this guy, one of my dear, dear friends and just inspirational leader, Chris Kuhn today is with us. And this is a very personal introduction for me. Chris is a just a tremendous human being. You'll love the story today, the stories he tells, the people he mentors, and the clients he impacts, and just the things that he's done in his life. Wonderful person, wonderful family, and we go back 30 years. One of the neatest things deeply personal to me is when I started my coaching career, which was about almost five years ago, Chris, Chris was one of the first people who reached out and we had lunch together. We were talking and I said, you know, I'm looking to do this now and great to connect with you. And he says, well, how about me? You know, I wasn't even thinking about coach. He says, I haven't put anything together in five years. I probably need some help. So he was one of the first people, Greg, that jumped out and said, hey, I'm I'm in. I want to experience this. And I'm just very, very grateful to you, Chris. And it's great to have you here. Chris Kuhn, everybody. Thank you, Phil, man. It's good to be here. Absolutely. That was a beautiful introduction. And I'm excited to be with you and Greg today, for sure. Yeah, when I introduce the guests, I usually let them get a word in, Chris. So thanks for <laughs> your patience. That was not that. That was not that long. No, it was heartfelt. I'm being a wise pants. You are being wise pants. And by the way, Greg is usually in charge of of the podcast. Many of you know this. I've explained it, but this for him to give up the controls is saying something. There, he's a he's kind of a diva, Chris. You'll, you'll see it as we go. This is hard um, for him. Yeah. Yes, this is hard for him to let go. Let go of the reins. All right, so let's dive in. First of all, Chris, take me back a little bit, okay, into your past. Let's talk about a little bit of the backstory. You've achieved so many things, but let's go back to you know when you started in your sales career, where you were at that particular time, and what was important to you back then and what is still maybe important to you now. Yeah, no, that's great. And it's awesome to be here with you. And it's really been just great to see, you know, see Captain Coaching and really all the areas, the way you guys have grown has been exceptional. And I think you bring a tremendous amount of value to so many people. You know, I look back over, you know, my life. I mean, you know, I'm dyslexic. So school was always struggled, probably a little ADHD as well. And did it, you know, a couple of years, you know, stayed back in school like many people do. So, you know, the beginning years weren't, I would say school's a small part of your life, but it has a huge imprint on your life. And from the academic world, things weren't inspiring me to, to change, but I had always been around successful people, always wanted to be successful. My grandfather had been really successful. My grandmother sent me to boarding school in Connecticut, which was a really great experience. And then I went off to college and kind of partied way too hard and really found myself at 
at a place. You know, I was 21. I was pretty much alone living in my brother's living room in his house, his apartment in Clayton. And, you know, was searching to do something and decided, you know, I, with God's grace, you know, stop drinking, you know, almost 33 years ago, it'll be, you know, one day at a time with that. So that was a huge game changing motion. And then I took a job at a local grocery store and knew that I wanted to get into sales at some level. And then my brother had gotten introduced to John Qualley. And then I look back and meeting John, I was ready. I think when, when the students ready, teachers appear, but he came into my life, much like he did for you and many others and really believed and saw things inside of myself that at the time I didn't see, but I was so willing to do the work and felt that if I could be in an environment with people that inspired me and pushed me, I would definitely follow through on my end. And 30 years we've known each other. I mean, I remember exactly where your office was and seeing you and when you built your district office to, you know, if you build it, they will come. And then just to see your life grow and and it's gone by so quickly, but it's just been an amazing ride. And what I would leave you with is to be in and do what we do for as long as we've done it. I learned that you got to be really smart and intelligent to be able to do that. And sometimes I used to lay on my past so much as I don't want to say I used it as a crutch, but I definitely didn't allow myself to see that I was as bright as anybody else. And so I speak of the past today, but it's definitely doesn't carry the weight that it once did. That's for sure. Well, in in the story that gets you here, is that going to be your story, right? There comes a point in time when that story has gotten you to this place. Now, what's the story? What's the story that gets you to the next place? But I go back to the Mark Twain quote, which is don't let an education get in the way of your son's learning. And so that's, I think, no greater description to that path for you. And we all basically have heard adversity builds character and especially true in your case. As a child, you were close to falling through the cracks of education. Your energy and enthusiasm were mistaken for misbehavior, right? And you were all, you were diagnosed with dyslexia that you mentioned. Now you discovered a talent for long distance running at an early age. Maybe tell us about this much needed achievement for you and the self-confidence that you gained from it. Yeah, I mean, that was a game-changing moment for me because uh, academically, like I said, I was in the special school district and I mean, it was brutal walking to school. You'd get teased and harassed because kids are so uplifting and kind to other children. And you know (laughs) what I'm saying? And my brother had found some old running shoes in a locker room is where it all started. He brought them home. I did a 5K race and then I got into AALU and I was very good. And God blessed me with that talent. And I won multiple races. So I got to feel like what it was like to achieve and to be the top of the game. And I enjoyed the competitiveness of it. I love the fact that the work that I put into the training would come across in the performance when you go to the meets. And if you did the work, you could sell and crush people. So it really just gave me a whole new outlook and vision on what it was like to achieve things and be looked at as somebody that was special and gifted. And that's really transcended, I think, into really all areas of the businesses that we've gotten ourselves involved in over time is that that constant personal growth and wanting to always continue to change and grow and develop and the disciplines and the habits that I had established in in training and changing my life put into other places in my life. And to your point, too, we all have gifts and wounds and struggle. I mean, I think that's been the thing that I is with age, you know, wisdom is I used to always be like, how are you? I'm great. Everything's wonderful. Everything really wasn't always great. It wasn't always wonderful. And, and, you know, Mike Tyson, of all people said it, but I really agree with him. He said, most people 
want to live life on their terms. And the funny thing about life is life doesn't really care about your terms. And the sooner you learn to live life on life's terms, the better you're going to be. And life on its terms is full of great joy and great happiness, but great sorrow, great pain. That's maybe the human experience. And that's what I really find myself today really enjoying about living this life because it goes by so quickly. Uh, so, so good. And so Chris, Greg, a couple things real quick before you jump in. Chris has run now 19 marathons, okay, including the Chicago, Boston, and has broken the three-hour barrier twice. So taking something that was very, that is challenging for most, but making the most of it is the story of Chris Kuhn. Nice. Thanks, Bill. What a success. I was thinking Richard Branson, and then you talked about the running, and I'm like, no, Billy Mills. No, wait. It's, there's- <laughs> oh, that was a great movie, man. Yeah. The running back and forth to yes. school. That's cool. So, yeah, you and Phil have like reached the mountaintop in the financial services industry, which I know from my experience, 25 years in financial services marketing, is just such a competitive space. And I heard an interview with you, and you had mentioned like some of the challenge you faced as a young adult your career might never have happened. Is there anything else you can share about that, how you were able to overcome that obstacle or what was the moment that you kind of had the breakthrough to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, I just think that you look back and you just get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And my dad was a great man, but he had his demons and struggled and kind of showed me the path. If you went one way with your life and then he had lost his job, you know, mandatory kind of got fired a little too soon. And that just like his whole world was so wrapped into his career. And I always wanted to be successful, and but never knew what the venue would be or what the avenue would be. Financial services came into my life at a time where I had a car, basically, I pop-started and $1,000 to my name. But I saw people like Phil and Jim Zara and Scott Underwood and people in the office that had these amazing lives. And we were doing good work, right? We were out helping people with things that they didn't understand and yet were so important. And at the same time, nobody was going to right size us or downsize us. And I just got so inspired and was recruited by somebody that did really well in the business. So I think I, I had this vision, you know, you talk about getting to the mountain. The thing I've learned about the mountain though is, and I got this from Matthew McConaughey. I listened to Ed Milet podcast quite a bit, but Matthew was on there and he said, you know, for all of we climb the mountain and then we get there and it's like, well, there's another mountain or you get the house, you get the car, you get whatever you get, but then you get there and it maybe it's not quite as fulfilling as maybe we had thought it was going to be when we arrived. And his whole idea was, is that if you can do something that you love doing and enjoy the process and have joy inside that process, that's living, that's the mountain. And again, I think it's, it comes with age, but I look at my life today and for so long, I was always so like, I had to be, get this ribbon or get this thing to feel like my self-worth was up to par. And today I'm just so thankful that I'm in a career that has paid me extremely well for the work that I've done and had great impact with people. And my own personal family life has been great. And yet at the same time, I'm healthy, vibrant, and just very thankful and really want to live in today as, as much as possible, even though some days it's harder to do that than others, for sure. 
It is, Greg. It can be really tough. And Chris is one of these people, as you're starting to figure out, that just takes adversity and just reverses its field and sends it to another space. And when I think of Chris back then, and this is a great message to anybody who's younger in sales or younger in the financial services industry, is he did the work. He did the work every single week. In fact, I tell story stories about him all the time that in our world, you needed to see 15 people a week, right? 60 a month or more. And I may get the years wrong, but Chris did it every week over and over and over again. And I think the it didn't stop till your firstborn son was having heart surgery. And I think you then you missed that week. I think maybe you saw 12. Right, right. No, no, you're right. <laughs> And I don't, it had to be four years. It was inspiring, but he never missed. And when you think about that consistency, that discipline, okay, his discipline didn't come in education. It came in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I would say it, I'm playing with my NBA, Phil, my natural born abilities. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, I love your backstory about needing to pop start your car. Yeah. I love, so if having a crappy car is like an end, I should have be living in a bigger house. I had a, a 1974 Volkswagen Super Beetle. I could see the road underneath my floor mat. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> terrifying. Phil, what, what was your car that made the loud left turn? Was, yeah, I had a 1980 Chevy Citation baby blue hatchback, and I, it was <laughs> it was called the Turkey when I was in college because when I would parallel park, it would go... <laughs> it was the steering column would gobble. And Jeez, I know my mom had a citation, man. Those were trash. <laughs> yeah. I like riding so that bad. car better than your Porsche, Phil. You got to bring it back. At least it did. It announced your arrival. That's what yes. I liked. People knew we were heading into the party. Yeah. I think instead of a 911, my citation was a 119. The, uh, <laughs> I'll let you guys play with that for a while. Hey, Chris, what's inspiring to me always is, you know, you reached a point where you realize that anything is possible when you do the work, have the correct mindset, develop the right relationships. You said you embrace the philosophy of when the student is ready, the teacher appears. You mentioned that's earlier. Can you expand on that point for us? What? How many times has that happened for you? And when does it happen? I think if you look back in your life, we have a few key people that really put us on the right path and really changed us in a lot of ways. And for me, go back to, I had a track coach. I actually told the story this morning, but Charles, he was my coach when I was a kid and just took a great interest in me and really just helped just was a great influence in my life. And then I would say professionally, there's no question, hands down, that John Qualley was uh, there for me. I mean, still to this day, calls me on my anniversaries, always tells me I'm a champion of courage and just has always expanded my thinking and what's possible in, in, in many different areas. And really, I found that reading books and podcasts and just I think when I was learning disabled as a kid, reading books and everything didn't come naturally. And I think that I'm in a 54 year old's body, but I feel like I'm like 25. And but I feel like my brain is at a place where it loves knowledge. So I read now. I love listening to people. I get inspired when I listen to these things. I love going out in the world and being kind to people and holding doors open and smiling and just being really just a, a beacon to your point, a light out there. 
I love humility, the more being humble. I do like nice things, but I don't get nice things to go show everybody I got nice things. And so I just, I think I realized that our lives are so short, really in the big picture. We're not here nearly as long as we want. And I really don't want to have regret. And I really want to enjoy moments in time. And I just really am thankful that God blessed me with more of a half glass full mentality for the most part. I do have rough days, but for the most part, I see the sun, I see the light, I see the good. And I really just, I want to stay here for a while. I want to see my kids grow up and do good things. And with my kids too, it's funny when they were little, I always thought, oh, they got to be, you know, the president of the United States or whatever. And today it's, if they're comfortable with their brain health and they can provide for themselves and they're happy on this earth, like check the box, that's a home run. And anything else beyond that is whatever they dream is possible for themselves. And I'll support that for really anybody. So I do have people that come and go in my life, but the core group of people that I've worked with for years have always been inspiring. Scott is a great example of somebody that's just built a really significant business and thinks big and just has always gone before me. And Al Shore, Al, is a great, I remember when I came to speak to your office and he picked me up in a car that you could probably see the highway under. And you look at what that kid's built today. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. To witness things like that, I think is just I mean, that's the great thing with being in our industries and our field is like we generally care about each other and we're happy when other people do well. And I think it's just a recipe that's not out in the world that much. But I feel like we have a brotherhood and a sisterhood that just we just love seeing other people do well. Yeah, it's like Greg, I always call it's like playing on the Ryder Cup team. You know, you're still playing your own ball, but you really are sitting there at the green watching your teammate putt. And that's really how this industry has been developed and laid out, at least with most firms. I can't say that for everyone, but a lot of them. Yeah. I love how you guys stay in contact and still are grateful to your mentors, the people that, and how you now have taken that mantle for the younger, your younger colleagues. And Chris, I heard an interview with you and you said one of the people you mentioned previously said that life is not a dress rehearsal. Is that right? That's awesome. What a great philosophy. So thanks. I, I got a question for you guys. So Greg, you work with Phil, you guys are building something. I think it's gotten a lot bigger than you guys would even think you know, possible, right? It's really got a lot of traction. But what's an attribute in Phil that you really admire in, in working with him? And then Phil, I would have you answer the same question for Greg. Nice. I feel like we're in couples therapy. <laughs> Greg's, Greg's a great dancer, and I think that's yeah. always been one of his great gifts. I no, don't have a, my break. It's a, gr- it's a great question. It's almost uncomfortable. because uh, I'll go first. I'll go yeah, first. Go, yeah, yeah and go I've said this before. So Phil has all these great qualities. He's, he's a very funny guy, you know, awesome, fun to be around, successful, loyal to a fault. And I would say the one thing that I do really, the one thing that stands out about Phil is Phil likes to watch other people succeed and he will help them do it. And he enjoys it. You know, he, he seems to find it very fulfilling. And that is not, that's not a common trait among a lot of people that I've encountered in my professional career that everybody's, there can be some sharp elbows, but Phil is definitely someone that likes to help other people succeed. And he pulls the people up behind him. And I saw the quote on LinkedIn this week, and it said, the people at the bottom are competing and the people at the top are cooperating. <laughs> so, well, you know, so- and you said a word too, that loyalty is, it, to me, it's one of my favorite characteristics. And it's the one that I think lacks the most. In fact, very few humans I find are loyal. Yeah. 
in some cases, it can be a paradox, you know, because you sometimes you need to grow, sometimes you need to go, and loyalty can sometimes get in the way. But on the whole, when it comes to, you know, when both parties in a relationship are, are performing at peak, it's a gift. It's, it means a lot over time, and there's a soulful element to it. And so I appreciate you saying that, Chris. You know, as far as Greg, real quick, Greg is a, I could not do what we've done without Greg Patton. Okay. So that right out of the gate, if it's something as simple as being able to bounce an idea off of him, he always says three things, boy, that sounds really interesting. Tell me more about it. And the other one is, and his role in it, he always says, I got it. Okay. I got it. Okay. He'll ask questions till he gets it. And then he says, I got it. And then I know it's going to get done. And it's a great example is just prepping for these presentations. Okay. It's a gift and it's, it's everything, you know, Chris, when it comes to like the traction book, it's not atomic habits. That's James clear, but the, um, Rocket fuel. And in rocket fuel, you know, it's all about the visionary and the integrator. And Greg is just a tremendous integrator and takes these ideas and makes them fly. That's awesome. Thanks, so, Phil. Yeah, I'm the Ed McMahon to uh, Phil's Johnny. So you're going to get the, uh, yes, that is correct. No, no, but I think the reason I asked the question is I think in so many times in, real life, in life and everything, people save those things when you're not around, right? All of a sudden, you're at the, you're at the, the wake and you're walking through the line and people are like, well, what you love about the guy? Well, hell, I'm living, baby. I'm breathing. I want, I'd like to hear it while I'm alive. So thank you. Well, I think as we put a bow on this thing, uh, it is a great example. Chris, you and I are wired similarly in this way, is I have learned after moving out of victim place that every worst time is the best time as long as you deal with it, as long as you face it and flip it. And I used to always say to people, they say, oh, you can't, nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to meet with you in the summertime. I said, no, the summertime is the best time to meet with people because they have time. You just have to give them something that's meaningful to talk about. And it's one of your great gifts is you take now adversity, having dealt with it at a very, very challenging level, and you just flip it. And you just like you did our interview here by flipping with, I got a question for you, right? I love it. And it is a real gift. And so, Chris, I know, you know, you do a lot of speaking, you do a lot of work there. I'm still waiting for your first book. I actually had you give me a testimonial for mine, which I am so grateful for. But how do people that want to want Chris Kuhn in their life, what do they do? How do they get to you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a great question. So it's funny. The book is in motion. It's coming from a couple different directions. So that'll be an interesting thing. But the Cooner One on Instagram is my favorite. Again, it's the Cooner One. I really enjoy that platform. And then, of course, you could get me at chris.coon at uh, nm.com if you wanted to as well from that perspective. Yeah. And he is on the speaker circuit. And so if you were inspired by something you heard and you want him to come out and impact, it is worth the dime that you're going to spend on this. And so anything, Greg, before we, uh, oh, before we no, move on unless it Would it be tacky for me to try to sell the 1974 Super Beetle on this platform just as a quick plug here at the end? <laughs> one of my friends I, who knew about Volkswagen Beetle said to me at one point in January, he said, well, the weather's cold and so are you. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I will say this, that when I got Back from school, I still had the citation. I was just graduating and it got to a point where I had no air conditioning working and the driver's side window did not 
open anymore. So it was permanently closed. So I basically lost, I think, 12 pounds in the mid-Missouri heat, just driving back 200 miles to get back to finally dump that thing. So, <laughs> All uh, right. yeah. So Chris Kuhn, you're, you're just a force for good. So good to have you on this. And I look forward to our continued conversation and our continued growth as you and I go to this next phase. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I really enjoyed our time together and happy to do it again and continue to do the great work that you guys are doing because it's changing people's lives. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk soon. Right. Thanks, Chris. Take care. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey. <laughs>